0: Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu.
1: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's new episode. Today, I have the amazing Matt Bergstrom. Hi, Matt. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be here.
0: Great. So um, I initially talked to Matt on TikTok. I asked if he could do an interview, and he actually agreed. How cool is that?
1: Yeah, it was Completely random.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was really random, but I was like, you know what, let's just do it anyways. And he agreed. Amazing. So for those who doesn't know Matt, he's a TikToker. He has over 50,000. Yeah, I checked last night. It was 50,000. Keeps growing. (laughs) Yes, uh, because you deserve it, obviously. And um, he has a YouTube channel, and he is an entrepreneur. Yeah. Tell us about your journey.
1: Oh, it's... uh, Well, uh, long story short, I mean, I I started... I don't really, I think it was 2017, I started my entrepreneur journey and I uh, failed the startup uh, and then turned it all around in one year. And here I am running a profitable IT consultancy company.
0: Which is MMR Solutions, right? Yeah, Yeah. You have it with your colleagues.
1: Exactly, exactly. So now I'm 24 years old. And um, running this amazing company that's going well, and we're looking into new ways of scaling it. So it's exciting times. It yeah, really is. it
0: is actually very exciting. But you initially started with Study Guide. Yeah, which is a, an app that helps students with their studies. And yeah. how did that go?
1: Uh, well, of course, uh, now you guys heard that uh, it failed, but it was a very exciting project. We realized ourselves, and I think you have too that study skills aren't being taught in, well, in schools in general, (laughs) not very much, but also like in in a way that's fun and engaging for young new students. Um, So we wanted to find a new interactive way to teach study skills to young students at an early age in a way that they felt was fun. And the format, of course, was an app because all the people today and all the young students use their phones um so we wanted to help them through that app and make study skills exciting instead of being that boring professor that gives you a lecture of this is how you should study and these are the routines you should have Uh, then we wanted to make it more of a fun kind of thing young uh, energy to it so uh, we did that Uh, we actually went around and lectured for like 2500 students in total over one year um, kept building and marketing the app. But where it fell short was the monetization. Mm. It was super hard to monetize. And partly because students don't have money and uh, not a lot of students who in general don't like studying want to pay for something so that they can study because they don't really want to study in the first case
0: and they have to pay for it amazing yeah
1: yeah (laughs) yeah. so it was a really hard sell so then we looked into alternative alternative ways of selling it so that would be the school selling it to schools or selling it to the state um or selling it to well you know uh, what are they called i think they're called uh Lex Hjälp in Swedish. So Uh helping mentors, I guess. Yeah, they go to school and they help students. Yeah, exactly. So there's the private tuition companies um, and then there's uh, the state and then there's the schools. So we looked into all those alternatives and we looked at like a sales process that would take us two to three years and would require investments. So it was a pretty long, long journey that we saw ahead of us. And we sat down in a room. It was a really serious discussion between the founders. And we really asked ourselves, do we want to go on this two to three year journey and really make this app something big? And the answer when we came out was no. Um, We felt like we wanted to run a tech company and we were excited about that, a profitable one for sure. But study skills per se wasn't the thing we were passionate about. It was entrepreneurship within the tech sector and digitalization, if I'm being quite honest. Um, So uh, we actually put it down in October 2020, um, which was quite recent, actually. Uh, And it was, uh, many people ask me, you know, was it hard? And it was a hard decision, of course, but... It was also kind of freeing,
0: yeah. in a sense. Yeah, when you overthink something and you, you think about the process in the long run and you see it failing over and over again, mm. you kind of have to make the, the hard choice eventually. Yeah. But with the studi- study guide, mm. what, what kind of triggered you to starting that? Is it the fact that school doesn't teach students something valuable or it's just you want to help people to you know, build their own skills?
1: So the value we wanted to bring to people was something that we didn't experience ourselves, which was learning study study skills in a fun and exciting way. Um, I only got like a couple of videos on study skills when I was in high school, and that was very late for me to even be introduced to it. Uh, And it was some super, as I said, super boring professor lecturing us for like an hour how we should do things. Um, So we felt like none of us really had that. And once we hit university, in college, we all realized that, yo, study skills is a very important thing to learn things fast. And when you have these books that are like a thousand pages per course and you have like three, four courses in parallel, it starts to get really interesting. And uh, most people fail at that level because they don't have the study skills because they were never taught it, introduced to it, or taught it in a way that was easy to digest.
0: But how did you provide uh, to students, you know? basically encouraging them to study. Was it like you introducing them to things that excise them? Or what was the motivation there mm. that kept students coming back for at?
1: Mm. So so what was the motivation for users to actually keep yeah, using exactly. the app? Yeah, exactly. So the main thing was the feedback was that they thought it was super fun because we had like interactive games to help them with memorization and so we had like you know fun flash cards uh, we had mind maps you could build all of this in one application that could help you like learn in different dimensions and really we saw also like people with dyslexia they really started to enjoy the app because they have a hard time learning just by reading or by hearing sometimes but when it became more visual it was more of an experience so that kept people coming back and the hard part was that not all the people went through the barrier of actually learning the app to start enjoying it, uh, because you know young students don't want to study in general, yeah. and uh, uh, also the part with the, with the monetization, of course, um, that was that was quite a challenge.
0: But how did they like uh, family react? With parents, were they excited about the app or?
1: Yeah, a lot of them were super like energetic, and they were like, "Finally, something." In general, uh, we got like a lot of emails from parents with actually dyslexic kids, like I said before, who were grateful that we have built this, but also were like, they said that they were looking for something that wasn't these high expense tuition companies. Uh, they wanted something that they could help and enable their children with that wasn't like five, six, seven hundred cou- crowns an hour because that that is marketed to a very particular type of people and family that have a very particular t- kind of situation. So our thing was enabling this throughout the country for a very much smaller price. Um, so like parents were really grateful for that, for sure. But
0: what what would you say is the three lessons that you learned from? From study Guide? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if you guys are out there and making your first startup, your first business, trying to build something and create a service of product, I would say there's a couple of key learnings that I took from these three years of...
0: Oh, let me write it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, a, get like a
1: pen <laughs> and paper. Uh, make sure you stop the car, park it, uh, if you're listening right now. Um, there's a couple of things that I think is the most important things when you start for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think the number one is don't build something before you've actually confirmed and asked the market about it. Um, When we built study guide, we built it because we felt like we needed more study skills when we were younger. And even though that's a valid reason for building something, uh, we didn't actually go out to schools asking students, you know, hey, uh, we're about to build this thing. Would you like it? Um, What would you like about it? Would you like to learn? Uh, math or would you like to learn more about geography or like really do your research on the market Um, it's so easy to have an idea and be like oh my god everyone would love this and then you just head on go into building your product uh, and your service offering and it usually ends quite badly Um, and I think it's partly a lot of people start that way including myself because that's usually how Hollywood uh, movies are made. Yeah. Uh, you go in, you get, get into the basement, you sit there for a year through a montage, then you build something awesome. And then after a year, you go and hit the market and it goes amazing. But that's never what happens in real life. Uh, in real life, you should take as little assumptions as possible, meet the market as fast as possible and try to get answers to big questions and big assumptions that you do have to have about your product. So I would say, like, try to go to market like after two months and have like this really, really? yeah, and have this really, really basic thing. It could just be a mock up of what you want to build. And then just really ask the people who are going to use it Hey, is this something you would like? What do you like? What don't you like? Uh, what don't you understand? Uh, how would you like to expand? And then really focus and try to not add things to a product, but focus on the core values of the product. Um, Instead of just, you know, building something for a year, adding features, I see a lot of people, you know, being like, oh my God, it has to be like Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, So we're adding follows, we're adding this account, um, we're adding this uh, content flow where you can see people's pictures. And then we have this uh, gym shop, which is going to be the main idea of our app. And it becomes like this whole internet thing almost when they try to build something. And really, really what you have to do is the reverse try to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to make an app for buying things for the gym, for example, and then be like, okay, what could be the most bare minimum thing that could bring the most value to the audience and just focus on that and try to subtract things instead of adding them. Because in the end, if you have 30 features, 27 of them are probably going to be a waste of time and just a distraction for the user rather than a value-adding feature yeah so that would be my first learning like focus on the core values and meet the market fast for sure
0: but i feel like People get so obsessed with the idea of copying other platforms, like, for uh, for example, Instagram. Mm. Everybody now nowadays is just adding this following shit. Like, why? Mm. Why? When you go to Shein, for example, I don't know if you feel married with that, mm. but you can see how many people like the photo mm. or how many people like the product. Mm. And that kind of gives you, like, the obsession of, oh, everybody liking it, so I need to buy it now. But honestly, if you just focus on the product and how good it is, people buy this whether there is a feature on it or not. But um, it's really crazy. I don't know if it's how easy it is to compete nowadays because everybody has amazing ideas. and Everybody For seems sure. to, succeed, to succeed, except you know, people who are still planning in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So um, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. I feel like take enough time to plan mm. so you can be confident to present it to people. Mm. So they don't even reject you from the beginning.
1: Exactly. That's that's the like the nugget here I think. Take enough time to plan so you can present it to someone but don't overplan it. Mm-hmm. So just just enough time as you said to present it to someone. Then you go. Cuz if you keep planning, you'll be there for a year in your basement building your amazing idea. Yeah. And then you meet the market, the truth and realize that, oh my god, I could have started this like 1 month in. Could have realized that, you know, all of these things that I just this 11 months later came up with was useless. Um, So uh, totally, I I completely agree with you. Thank you, Just enough time.
0: You make me feel like I actually know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, a living example of this is my mom. Like, I remember 15 years ago, she Mm. had this book Mm -hmm. when she just designed her own ideas. Mm. And now, because she never actually tried it, when I go to Ikea, most of her ideas are there. Mm. You know, the tables that flip, everything that she designed. Like, now it's in Ikea, and I'm like, Mom, we could have been rich. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> oh my okay. God. So, you want to talk about MMR solutions?
1: Sure. Um, you guys just got one of my key key learnings from, from study yet, but I think it's the most important one. So, you'll Not have so. to be satisfied with that. Um, I got tons more, so... Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any particular questions usually a lot of people start from the same place they have the same presumptions and they make the same mistakes so there is a blueprint and of course every situation is different but in general there is a pattern um, so mmr solutions what is it do you want to know
0: i would love to yeah. know i know but you just tell people who doesn't know
1: yeah <laughs> so basically uh, it started out actually we started the company 2018 and it was just a company which would own study guide um, but it turned out that study guide failed, and uh, we started consulting on the side, just to fund study guide's failing mission. And then it we actually realized that you know what's working about what we're doing is the consultancy part. We're actually bringing in money. We're bringing value to the different companies in Stockholm. We're coming with our learnings and our tech skills, and really helping them. Uh, So that was the part of of MMR that was working and that's what MMR has become. So basically MMR solutions is an IT consultancy company that helps other companies with their digital needs. So developing their software or like keep developing it so if they already have a software somewhere we can join their team, extend it and come with expert expertise. Um, And then Moreover, we also do like, apps from scratch. So a lot of people, because we've done this journey with IT innovation, we've done the mistakes, yeah. we know what to watch out for, a lot of people come to us and they're like, okay, we have this working business. Uh, we want to scale into the digital dimension. We want to create an app. And then we come in and help them scale it down, focus on the core value, really make sure they get their ROI, only develop the things that they can see ROI from as fast as possible, launch it, go to market, and then keep developing it. So uh, we do do apps from scratch and help them all the way from idea to actually executing and getting to the market. Um, So extending IT teams and building apps from scratch. That's what MMR Solutions does.
0: And you also have, um, you know, when students wanna join the MMR Solutions, they can actually apply and- For sure. Yeah. Is it just in Sweden or outside? Of so
1: uh, we have a couple of employees around uh, the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two in Malmö, which is down in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I think, around... <laughs> I'm not sure, actually, but I think it's we around just seven. Take a guess. <laughs> yeah, it's around seven in Stockholm. Um, we have, yeah, around seven in Stockholm. We have one I- in Skövde, which is uh, far from here. And then we have uh, one in Poland. And then we have one from estonia uh actually a partner from estonia um so they help us with the the technology that is old usually Uh, we focus on in sweden we focus on the modern tech and then poland and estonia they help us with the well the old tech and sometimes migrating old tech to new tech
0: okay so to kind of start how did you get into coding (laughs)
1: it was a long time ago Yeah, 2011 I was 14 years old uh didn't know what coding was really really yeah how did you discover it uh it was it was actually quite funny because I I played this game called Minecraft do you know it
0: I know it I think everybody knows (laughs) it's (laughs) Minecraft yeah
1: yeah (laughs) I played like the early alpha version um got super stoked about it because I feel like I'm a really creative person that like building things um but it got to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm so alone in this world that I'm building these amazing things, but I got no one to share them with. Mm. Um, so I started a server. So I'd have to figure out, okay, how can I make an online world shared with others? And that was quite hard, you know, back in the early Minecraft days yeah. to start a server. So I had to figure that out. I did that, started a server, marketed it on different forums um, at 14 years old. And people started showing up. And then on the regular, I had like 20, 25 online players um playing together which was crazy and then i realized that oh my god i can't keep hosting this server on my computer i need to buy a host somewhere that keeps it up 24 7 so that people can keep coming log in whenever they want and play together um but that would cost money
0: yeah it was it was a shit ton of money
1: and you can imagine like as a 14 year old i don't have a lot of pocket money
0: no nobody does yeah
1: (laughs) So uh, what I did was I I looked at what other servers did back in the day. There weren't that many. And they had like these donation options and a web shop where you could like add things to your character in the server in that online world for a certain amount of money. Um, So I was like, all right, I need that. How do I do that? Well, then I need a website. How do I make a website? I need to code. Uh, So that was actually my way in, and that's where I built my first website. Um, I used a website builder and then extended it with like some code here and there, and I just fell in love with coding and never looked back since. So uh, in the end, I actually shut down my Minecraft servers uh, and focused on coding instead.
0: Wow! I mean, when a 14 years old does that, you just know that they have a bright future because. Let me tell you what we were doing when we were 14 was not coding. We were doing something <laughs> else playing in the playground or something. <laughs> but it's it's all about when you have a free time and you try to discover things out what changes your entire life. Mm. If you don't know how to code, God knows what we, what would you be doing now? Yeah. Probably going to college. Yeah. Graduating, I don't know, maybe doing something really random.
1: For sure. I but was super lucky to discover coding by the way. Yeah. Total total random
0: you know how when i discovered coding that you could actually build websites mm. i'm not kidding it was literally four years ago four <laughs> years ago i was like well how does google like who created google and then i started researching and i was like well you can actually create a website and then i saw all these numbers i was like wow that's mind-blowing <laughs> so uh, i was not 14 by the way <laughs> yeah close <laughs> it to easier. it
1: yeah now wait you're 19 now right mm-hmm. so four years ago that's well that is 15 so it was almost the same age.
0: Yeah, but I don't know how to code. I just True. hearing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so still like basically pointless. Mm. But I am studying coding now. And I told you that I will be dropping out really soon. Because uh, mm. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. But the idea of trying is just amazing. I mean, what do I have to lose, honestly? Nothing. Except time, but nothing.
1: By the way, I really love that. You try things. Mm-hmm. And then you give them an honest, like, okay, I'm going to put my effort into this. See where it leads. And then you're self-aware enough to be like, okay, maybe I want something different. And then you act on that. There's not a lot of people who are that self-aware, have that conviction, and believe in themselves enough to take that leap and even try enough things in the first place.
0: Thank you now i'm actually blushing (laughs) no but honestly uh my sister i told you that she studied law and now she's a lawyer basically but she also wanted to start her own business but the idea of oh well i spent like four years in college i don't want to waste it so i'm gonna stick to that even though i don't really like it and i grow out of it Mm. but i feel like everybody is stuck into this idea that well i spent time in college might as well you know use my diploma or whatever but um how do we change that? How 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 would you say that okay, this is safe for you now to try new things?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say nothing is ever safe. Um, and I, I would even say that college isn't safe. Um it is something that it is marketed to be. Um but I think reality has hit and more and more uh, we're going into a world where a college degree Um, is good for like protected titles like lawyer, doctor, et cetera, et cetera. But for other kinds of roles, it is more impressive to have built a digital portfolio of, you know, producing content, either visual or audio, uh, attracting an audience, showing practical skills and growing something by yourself is way more impressive than a piece of paper that says, you know, the theory. Um, So you've actually put down the work, you've actually got results and you can probably replicate the same or even better results at, a, at another company. So we're moving into this new era where college doesn't add as much value for non-protected titles. Uh, and I think a lot of people just need to acknowledge that and not fall for the salesmanship of school, selling more school, because they do. Even since you're a child, they tell you, go to school, get good grades, go to the next school, go to the next school, go to the next school, and guess what, your parents do the same. And they say it's good for you, it's safe, you'll get your degree and you'll have a nice job. But in reality, um, that degree doesn't like guarantee you a job. What guarantees you a job is being able to get results. Exactly. So focus on that instead rather than having these degrees. That's that's my point of view. I'm I not totally saying that's agree facts, that. I mean, yeah. I
0: did an episode before about college and how college is basically a scam. Mm. And not a lot of people were happy about it, but I was <laughs> like, you know what, it's the truth. It's really the truth. And especially if you come from a family who have, you know, higher degree mm. but you see them working in some random jobs you'd be like well okay now tell me otherwise because yeah. I've seen it happening <laughs> yeah. but it's like they're so stuck in this idea that college will actually give them the most privileged job mm. but honestly look at the privileged job it's probably a 50 years old man who worked his entire life now he got to have that big office it's yeah. not gonna be you <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah
1: it's not gonna be you straight after college even though nope. it might be marketed that way no and and I think to like to add to it it's like if you can get the same job with the same around the same salary before college as you can after, then what value does college add? Like I, under, I understand, like I've gone to college myself, and I know they teach great fundamentals and they teach you how to learn even better, and that's great. Yeah. But the the value of <laughs> actually being able to apply and get the same job as before as an after college. To me, that just doesn't make sense why you would invest three to five years, uh, not only in time, but also in money. Uh, Rent, food, uh, tuition, all of those things. I mean, it's a large, large investment, and the value after going through it uh, is not really clear to me in this day and age. But I think uh, the reason why that episode was controversial is partially because people um, are being have been sold on this idea that it will give you safety. But also that they probably have done that decision themselves to go through college. Maybe they're done or they're going through it and it's a tough time and they've invested all this time, money and effort into this thing. And then someone is telling them that it's not, you're a,
0: not going to get the job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> of course it's going to be like, okay, now you just shined a light on me and my choices and how I live my life. And of course I don't agree with that because I've spent so much time energy on my journey. Um, so that's probably why that topic is quite controversial.
0: I know that it was controversial. I was like, you know what, It was it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck Honestly>. it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, can I say that? I don't know. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I swear a lot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but you actually dropped out of college. Not technically, you, you studied three years and then dropped out the last year, right? Yeah. So what? Oh,
1: I dropped out, um, well, I dropped out the third year uh, and my program was five.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
1: so I had two years left. Um, and even though I got a degree, I mean, I got, as I told you, uh, I got a bachelor degree after three years. It's kind of fuzzy what that degree really means because since my program was five years, um, the plan was to get a degree after five years, and mm-hmm. that was when I would give gets my actual title. Um, my degree after three was really strange. So I have like some kind of bachelor degree, but it's not as good as the three year program yeah. degree. So it's worse than that, but it's still some something.
0: But it's something. At least they gave me something. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, back again to the time investment thing. Um, I looked at myself. You know, after three years of going through college, I'd. I was one and a half year down the line of running my business. It felt great. But I was looking at like two years more. And I just felt like the impact of those two years can't be that big.
0: No. If you invested that that two years into your own business, which actually turned out really great, I mean, you did the math great.
1: Yeah, I mean, the ROI would be so different. And guess what? It worked out. I bet on myself like you bet on yourself, you know, trying new things, Mm -hmm. being brave enough to move to the next thing when you've realized that, you know, this is not what I want to do. I want to do this. That's the kind of the same kind of leap that I did uh, when I dropped out. And guess what? I mean, my classmates, they graduated this year. Uh, Oh, that hurts. Yeah. hurts. I know
0: what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They
1: graduated this year. They took their master's. And by the way, I'm super happy for them. And especially if they want to go that route, that's awesome. Um, But the ROI, from my perspective, of course, I put a lot more hours probably than they did in their education that that I have done in my business. But the ROI, like I have a business that's heading towards, it's grown 500% this year. It's heading towards, I think, 5 million crowns in revenue this year just that compared to having a paper that I can be employed somewhere and get a s- good salary that is safe. Yeah. Um, the ROI is just so different. So, um, I bet on myself, like you bet on yourself and it worked out. It doesn't always do, but it ha- you have to have that self-awareness and conviction to actually take the leap.
0: I feel like a lot of people were stuck into, you know, if I tried this and it fails, okay, well, I'm gonna blame myself, and I just wasted my time in college. I'm only getting older. Mm. Time is very, very valuable, so that's why they don't actually, you know, dare to start something. Mm. But if you didn't start your business, your life would be completely different now. And if you didn't have, if you didn't start your TikTok, we would have been even talking here. So For it's sure. really crazy how you could start something very, very fast, and it could turn into something really huge and connect you to people and yeah. what i said in that episode that i kind of pissed people a bit more is that the fact that i said if i ever go to college it would be for the fact that i want to get to know people and expand my network it was like mm. you're such a brat you're gonna go you spend your money just to talk to people we'll upload tinder dah, dah, dah. i was like what are you <laughs> talking about <laughs> what? honestly like oh what the God. hell but honestly i feel like that would be the main reason mm. to make connections yeah that's it,
1: and that's totally. I mean, I've used my network from um, from Kedge, not that much, but some, in some ways, and that is something that they actually sell when they when they sell you the education. They tell you that, you know, you're going to figure out what you want to do. You're going to do it with fun people around you. You're going to be able to party on the side, and by the way, you're going to make some connections that you might use because you all want to work in the future, right? And you might work together, and that's some part of the pitch that they sell you. So I don't think that's like rocket science, really. It's quite. It's one of the things that it's normal to say, this is why I'm going to college in my perspective, but I might be twisted.
0: Um, I totally agree with you, honestly, but you know, not a lot of people do. Well, I have a question. Well, you seem like a very, very productive person. So how do you navigate everything in 24 hours?
1: That is a good question. Um, I uh, I think the key to my productivity is making sure you get enough time for yourself getting yourself ready for the day. I think that's crucial. And um, whatever that means, you know, for me, it's, um, it's working out. I, th- I need to get my pulse up. If I get my pulse up, I start getting these ideas. I feel endorphins after the workout. I'm ready for the day. So I usually do that in the morning. and that helps out a lot, but it might not be the same for you. Um, some people like to read books. Some people just like to plan the day. Some people do all three. Um, but finding something that works for you to get a great start of the day is my main key to productivity because I believe so much in momentum in every dimension of my life. I mean, momentum over 10 years, making sure you increase your leverage and increase your you know, business goals, whatever, and make sure you keep progressing. But also like momentum on a daily basis. Like, if you start the day with great momentum, you'll finish it with great momentum. It's quite hard to break a momentum. A running train is quite hard to stop.
0: But you said that you read a lot about self development's book. And eventually you studied those people like Steve Jobs, Gary Vee those like amazing people for sure and you try to follow their routine is that what you said
1: yeah i've tried them all out like different ones um i've tried sleeping less i've tried uh, wearing the same clothes every day i tried packing you know packing my bags beforehand you know wearing the, my, the same clothes every day was like mark zuckerberg and um, gary Vee preached like sleep five to six hours for a while uh try that and um, i realized that i need to sleep a bit more Mm-hmm. And it's more about um, something that David Meltzner said, who's also an entrepreneur. It's more about analyzing your calendar, really making sure you take notes on what you do on a weekly and daily basis. And then going back, looking at your past week and being being really, really self-aware and asking yourself, of this week, what time was spent well, what time was spent badly? And then just be like, okay, this kind of, activities are not serving me in the most impactful way that they can so i need to cut them out that, Th- that a is a my random key. question yeah.
0: do you do you use your phone a lot because that kills productivity a lot
1: yeah yeah i try to keep my actually uh, clients hate this i have to favorite them on on their numbers because um i remove like all notifications um which uh, which helps me a lot because i r- can really get into a groove and focus uh, and it's served me so well to just like remove notifications overall. Uh, so I don't touch my phone very much during the day. It's mainly the computer and it has minimal notifications because when I'm in doing something, I'm in doing something. I think that the notifications I have is the calendar. So I know when I need to move on to the next task. Task. So it's like 15 minutes left until the next meeting. Oh, cool. All right.
0: Uh-huh. That's very productive, honestly. I should do that. I don't turn my notifications on, but... When I touch my phone, it's kind of hard for me to leave it, and that's something I hate.
1: Mm. Um, so easy to get hooked, right?
0: Yeah, I know. I don't even, like, use social media that much. I mm. just check Instagram to see what's happening with my friends, and that's it. Yeah. But I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, mm. I don't know if it, YouTube is social media. Is it?
1: I, I guess in some to some extent.
0: Yeah, but I convince myself that it's, uh, like, a very informative video, so I should yeah. be watching it. Depends
1: so. what you watch. I mean, you could watch just goats dancing, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't watch that, if if you're asking. (laughs) But I I just feel like I'm doing something great. But the the day that I don't touch my phone, I am the most happy. Mm. So I should be doing that. And that's
1: important too. Like being happy with what you do in a day. Super important.
0: How do you you become happy if you're just always focusing on something and it's kinda hard for you to have the time to reflect on your happiness? Mm. How do you do that?
1: I just uh, track it like week by week and, f- and ask myself, honestly, like, what do I like about my life right now? And what don't I like? And then gradually, I try to move to a place where I always take the things I don't like as much and move them either out of my life completely, or to someone else who actually likes them. So I think reflection is key and try to do it on a weekly basis. Um, I don't have a routine there. I just make sure and also, my colleagues remind me, you know, like take a step back.
0: I thought the laptop stopped. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I freaked out. Oh, heart attack. Oh <laughs> no. My god. Um, but how how is it how important it is for you to surround yourself with people that actually have the same ambition as you?
1: I think that's so important. Oh my god! I think that is one of the keys. Um, that's also why I'm so active on social media and uh, why I created my TikTok, why I'm so like posting stories on my Instagram. I want to connect with people who aspire to be like me or who I aspire to be like them. Um, so um, really just making sure I make waves and make noise and try to attract the same kind of people is so important to me and has led to so much things. You wouldn't even imagine. I mean, I've had meetings with, three millionaires the last week just because I have a social presence. And it's all because I just started documenting. the You know, I mean, I started making my YouTube videos 2017 Yeah, it was a long something. time ago and you yeah. were
0: talking about like these books that you read and you were talking as if you actually have a vision. Mm. And now that you actually reach, I don't know if you reach your ultimate goal, mm. but I feel like half of the things you talked about, it, it is actually you right now. Mm. So that's, that's amazing, honestly. Like a lot of people are ambitious, but... The fact that they can do what they said long time ago—it's just mesmerizing, it's honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I
1: was crazy enough to believe it and crazy enough to achieve it. Yeah. Oh,
0: wh- who said that?
1: I don't know. I was just uh, just speaking. Okay. Someone probably said it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Someone said it. I just told yeah. it. <laughs> but um, yeah, how about self-development books? What's your favorite one?
1: Ooh, that's hard. I've read a lot. Uh, I think. It's quite hard to give a recommendation right off the bat. Uh, there's some like I think are a little bit more fluffy than others. So I think I read the 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 monk who sold his Ferrari um, by by Robin Sharma. I think if I'm not miss yeah if I'm not incorrect, uh, great book but a little bit fluffy. Um, Too uh, cheesy or what? Yeah, it's a little cheesy, but mm. it kind of gives you some part of the equation and then you can bring that into your life Uh, i would say that's quite a light read there's a lot of storytelling in it start there and then move forward it was a bestseller so it's a great book
0: i'll read it right now i'm reading a book called show your work
1: Mm, that's a great one i haven't read read it myself but I, i totally agree with the message of it Um, I preach it all the time, like show your work. But please tell me a little bit about it. Like give me the gist of it.
0: So the book basically says if you don't document your process and show it online, your work doesn't exist. Mm. You can't just work on something and not have a social platform Mm. for you to market it. Not even as marketing, but honestly to show your work to other people. Yeah. And then it gives you a living example of people who showed their work and how they like progressed. progressed into their life and their business and everything. But the thing is with business, a lot of people would say that i don't want to have a business mm. i ha- i just want to have a job that is safe for me for my kids not get fired uh, not to be stressed not to steal my time from my family so why should i start a business but honestly i don't feel like starting a business would just take all of your time because time will pass by but it depends if it's going to pass by by doing something that's going to elevate your life for you and your family and that's just a that's just an example But that's an argument that people talk about, like, I don't want to give my time to something. I'd rather give it to, you know, my Mm. family.
1: Of course. I mean, if you're a dad or mom, 35, 45, with a couple of kids, it might be hard to take the leap and start risking your financial situation. But if you're young and if you're in college, like, go for it this is the time to be super risky. I know Gary Vee says this all the time. This is the time to be super risky because you can't be, as life progresses, you're going to have to take less risk if you don't want to like completely uh, put it all on the table and your kids might starve, you know? It's, yeah. The, the, the stakes get much higher as you get older. Uh, so this is the time to just go. Like, you know you
0: why why people hate on Gary Vee a lot? Because they think he's being very unrealistic. Mm. Um, just telling people that to quit their jobs and start doing something online or elevate your skills, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people don't agree with it because it's not realistic. Like I have bills to pay. I have things to do. I if I just quit my job and I have no alternative, well, basically I'll live in the street. So at some point he's not being realistic, but he's giving you an advice that you should take it under consideration and try to work it, you know, make it fit into your life. But uh, when will it be safe for people to quit their nine to five job?
1: That's a great question. And it really differs from situation to situation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously nothing. I feel like uh, people rely too much, again, like on their job, saying it, that it's safe. And if anything, this pandemic has showed that quite the opposite. Um, when the pandemic hit, people who had, quote unquote, safe jobs, they got fired And they had to tell their kids and their wife and or their husband that I'm out of a job because my job does not exist anymore because we're living in a new era where new things need to happen and everything's digital. So this quote unquote safe job that you just had, it disappeared like that. And now you have no leverage, nothing to stand on. You probably have some savings. And you need to find something new.
0: Exactly, so by having a business and having a vision. It's like ha- having a second plan. Yeah. Anything go wrong, you yeah. have a business.
1: And as you build a business, you get different types of leverage. You get attention from people, you mm-hmm. build a network. Um, you start getting these different ideas of how you could do different things, You know, build this app or you know, expand your business in new ways. Um, leverage is the ultimate security. And if you hunt leverage relentlessly – you'll become such a skilled individual and you'll always have different layers of backup plans.
0: Are you afraid, this is really random, but are you afraid of becoming too famous that everybody recognizes you, you can't live your lifestyle anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Because that that haunts me.
1: Yeah, um, not at all, actually. I've never been quite, I mean, first time, to be completely honest, just to relate to everyone in the audience as well, First time I uploaded my YouTube video, which I don't know if it was 2016 or 2017, I still have like s- uh, zero viewers and you know, I'm just uploading there every now and then. Um, it was quite consistent in the beginning and now I'm just uploading you know, the, bi- the big interviews basically. And to be honest, when I uploaded my first video, it's called Third Time's a Charm. I was super scared because I ch- shared it with all my friends and it was like a big thing like oh my god now I recorded myself and everyone's going to be able to watch judge and I was almost like sweating when I when I published it um, and what I realized is you know in taking that step I have the de- I've like taken away the drama of putting myself out there. And I've realized that if you don't, the alternative of not putting yourself out there is being insignificant. And I don't want to be insignificant. So I have to put myself out there. And then, of course, it is uncomfortable along the way. You can get nervous, afraid to be judged. But as that progresses, you break the next barrier all the time. You become more confident in who you are. And you become, most importantly, more okay with people not being okay with who you are. Um, and that's one of the most interesting self-improvement things that I've done in my life. Like, putting myself out there has made me grow so much. Same. And because of that, I'm not afraid that people, like, recognize me or so. Yeah. Actually, I encourage it. I think it's quite fun.
0: But the thing is about the internet, sometimes you have to, you know, not say anything you want, but the thing is with this podcast, I kind of say everything I want. Like, mm. if people listen to this podcast, I would know my exact personality. Mm. But it all, what freaks me out in the future is that, you know, people are gonna be like, well, Mariam said that, you know, remember when you said that, how 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 did you change your point? And I'll be like, shit, well, that was like 15 years ago, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it really freaks I me. I
1: think that's so funny, yeah. Really? people People keep evidence of you yeah, having like, a certain you, standpoint. Yeah,
0: why are you tracking me? Stop, <laughs> you know, people change.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But this is exactly what happens to celebrities too, so.
1: I think that's so interesting because it's such a simple concept that people... Every, everything changes, everything. I think I even have it as my intro on my like old YouTube videos. It's really? like everything changes and that's like the intro. That's like a small sound clip. Um, everything ebbs and flows. So like bringing something up from even like a year ago could be insignificant at this day. Then of course you might have to address it. But in the end, uh, people who believe that you are who you are and you will never change are the people who probably feel like they are in the end.
0: Did you deal with hate on TikTok or
1: in your life? Yeah, I mean, TikTok is quite hateful in general. Yeah, Yeah. Um, well, actually, it's quite fun because some of the loyal followers come in and they're like, hey, yo, stop it. (laughs) Um, But um, TikTok is just, people like to point out, sometimes it's great criticism, though. I mean, people are really smart at that platform sometimes. They're like, okay, you brought up these statistics, cool. Um, There might be some kind of bias because of this, this, and that. And that's like, oh yeah, actually I'll take that in, con- in consideration and make a new video just to update everyone. Uh, but most, most, time, most of the times it's people cherry picking things or just plain out being hateful and being like, you're fucking stupid. Um, what, a, what an empty life, um, like things like that, like judging. And usually uh, I, I'm like following what Gary Vee says there. It's, it's usually not because of you, it's usually because of their situation and who they are and exactly. how they feel about themselves. It's not about me per se.
0: But how long did it take you to actually differentiate the five that this is not me? This is what they think about themselves.
1: Oh, that's that's again back to the barriers. I think that's something you just have to be comfortable with. And because of my TikTok exploding, um, it's been something that I've been more and more exposed to. And that's why I think it's quite healthy not to grow too fast. Because in business, in social media, in everything, if you don't if you grow too fast, you're gonna get Tons of new responsibilities, tons of new challenges, and it's all going to attack you at the same time.
0: Especially if they don't know you. Like there's people who have seen you grow on TikTok Mm. the minute you have five thousand, whatever. So when they see you grow, they actually know who they are. They keep up with your videos. But when you grow fast, there's new people coming here. They don't know what the hell is happening. So they just want to pick on something.
1: Exactly. And
0: a lot of them people who get pissed because you speak English. I've seen that on the comments all (laughs)
1: the time. (laughs) Why are you speaking English, bro? It's Sweden.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then and then uh Then I wind up making like a banger with like 2.5 million views just recently, which like it's 40% United States, 8% Sweden. And it's like, yeah, that's why. Um, There you go, guys. (laughs) There you go. And it's like, it's actually fun because it's like half of my likes for the whole TikTok career is from that video. Really? Yeah. It's like at 250,000 likes. And I think I'm at like 550 in total, uh, which is crazy. So um, it just takes one, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. And you were very consistent with it. But I, you're not consistent on YouTube. You just focus on Instagram and TikTok.
1: Again, I'm fo- I'm very focused on, like, a tip to you guys listening and, and probably to you who have great ambitions and are going to probably build multiple businesses, if you wish, um, because you have the ambition. I focus a lot on the ROI. And I truly believe that everything changes, but also that... Make sure you're self-aware about where you're putting your energy, back to the calendar, back to everything. Put your energy into something that makes the most impact. And I tried doing YouTube for a very long time. Didn't succeed, probably because of many reasons. And then I tried Instagram, succeeded better, got like 1.5 thousand followers. Cool. Then I tried TikTok and it exploded. You know, It was crazy. And that, to me, is a clear indicator where I should put my time. And it also gives me like other insights. Um innovation comes within boundaries. When I was challenged to create my 13 minute YouTube content within 15 seconds, all of a sudden the content was super crisp, valuable, and really resonated with people. So that's in, all that matters. Yeah. So it resonates I, with people. Yeah. If you give value, people will come to you. Just be consistent with it.
0: Well, you know, what would what would they probably say? They'd be like, well. You're not the only one who talks about business. You're not the only one who owns a tech company. Yep. And they will come to you at that. So why would they support me if I, oh, I'm not doing something you know new to them, basically? That's what um, I feel like a lot of people think about most mm. of the times. Ouch. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think a lot of people think like that. And it's quite sad, actually, because if you look at look at it objectively when it comes to both business and creators on different platforms, YouTube, TikTok, podcasts, you name it. All, there are all these different platforms that all like are within the same category and they're all succeeding. We don't live in a world where it's either or. It's more like and, uh, so to speak. So a lot of people can succeed at the same time. And even though you're talking about the same things, you can do it in your own unique way. But in, like, even if you did it the exact same way with nothing special to it, as long as you give value, people will come to you, exactly. even even if you're the exact same as, as some other podcast.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, is that with McDonald's, for example, mm. McDonald's still running, it will probably still be still be running 15 years from now, but... Burger King is also there. Yeah. People are buying from Burger King. And it's it's the same exact time that they started the business. Same exact idea. Marketing, same thing. But when you think about it, you could be doing the exact same thing. But if you add your twist on it and you know how to show it to people and convince them that, oh, this is what you need. Buy this burger. Yeah. You will actually have a place in this world. And it's so sad to think that you're not special or I'm not special. I'm not going to post myself there because I have nothing to offer. Like I told you, like my dad actually think this podcast is a piece of shit. (laughs) I'm not offering anything. (laughs) I'm not offering anything to the table, Mm. but it's it's fun and you'll see what's happening. What's happened. But if I don't start this podcast and if I don't put myself out there, probably not be sitting here, you know, talking to Mm. you. I will never even get connections with people. So for those out there that actually think, that they're not special they have nothing to offer just try to be yourself and building a brand because of your personality Mm. that will get you somewhere eventually and people if even if you don't have experience people would like to represent you because of who you are Mm. and that's amazing
1: yeah i totally agree it's just about putting yourself out there starting actually trying something and Mm -hmm. then you know adjusting
0: thank you guys for listening to this episode thank matt for being here uh, you can contact Matt on Instagram, right? For sure, yeah. Instagram, TikTok. Follow him on TikTok, by the way. It's really <laughs> fun. And yeah, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, guys. And uh, if, if you're wondering, my TikTok username is Matt Bergstrom. So just search for that.
0: I'll you'll leave find it everything. the link. Yeah, awesome. Everything. <laughs> Great. Thank you, guys. Have a nice, wonderful day. Bye. Bye.